I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Today we're going to give you the seven steps you need to record your first album. Interesting. So are we going to record an album to do this, or are we just listing things we've already done? We're just going to list them. And yeah. it's amazing that we can shove everything into seven <laughs> steps. You know, whatever it is it remarkable is. that, yeah. what a remarkable coincidence that so many, <laughs> so many uh, topics in jazz require just seven steps. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we thought this would be fun, uh, maybe to inspire some of you that are thinking about or have always thought about recording an album and haven't done it a little bit, um, you know, thought it was a little bit too daunting of a endeavor to do. Uh, Adam, both you and I have recorded quite a few albums, you know, for labels, for ourselves, with other artists, even produced albums and, and engineered and stuff. So we have a little bit of experience and we know how much it takes to do it. Um, so we really did want to, all jokes aside, kind of break it down into some actionable steps and areas so that you can do it because i think whether you're professional semi-professional amateur student it's a great thing to do and i i even hate those titles because if you're a jazz musician or just a musician a creative musician and you have something to say um this is our equivalent of of writing a book you know and you don't have to be william shakespeare to write a book believe me i've read plenty (laughs) that aren't you know Um, but you have something to say Everybody, especially in the jazz world, because this is a creative improvisatory, you know, uh, music and 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 it's just a great thing to have. And even in this day and age, I think it's still important to actually have an album. I mean, whether or not it's a CD or online is a whole nother discussion. Um, but there's something magical about making that musical statement and it can really inspire you to you know create or to kind of bring across to the finish line maybe some music you've been working on some really learning a tune and it's just a great thing to kind of have on the books and then start to plan out i mean i i always think of it as a way to learn more about yourself and about your music i mean it's a it's a great step in in growth yeah making an album because i'm sorry no i mean you you learn all these skills that become handy in every other thing you do. Right, right, right. Okay, so let's start with the way we kind of broke this down is in seven different kind of areas. And the first ones are are questions. So the first one is why. You know, why are you making the record? And this is going to sort of guide you on hopefully onto the later steps. So this is a good one, you know, kind of keep these in order if you can. Um, So that's like why, Uh, you know, what do you want to use it for? Uh, is it going to be promotional? Is it going to be like a musical statement? Is it a suite that you're writing a composition? Is it, you know, do you want to do it to get gigs or whatever? So I think it's it's good to kind of think about that. Yeah, this is a great first step because it, it really does kind of help you uh, steer where the rest of this is going to go. You know, this right. is the most kind of important part about doing anything is why am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. it's, a, it's a good question to ask. You know, I, I, I ask it down to like, why do I play this voicing? Do I like this voicing? Is yeah. it just something I just know? Yeah. You know, why am I making this album? I'm making it just because to make it, do I really want to make this particular album? Why am I doing it this way? It's a great, it's a great question. I've actually been using the why question for some positive changes in my life. I meant to tell you, Adam, I don't know if this is appropriate to throw it in in the middle of no, this. Please, please. Yeah, but like with the why, why am I ordering this large chocolate shake from Steak and Shake, that's you know, great, day after day? That's a great question. And so when I started asking myself that, I was like, you know, I, 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 you know, it ended up kind of changing some behavior. So that's a nice thing. Uh, I'm guessing to bury feelings. <laughs> exactly. That's why I do bury it. Bury my spite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And so I would just say, too, you, from, the, from this first question, you may, 
the why may lead you to I'm not going to do the record. If it's like why because it's expected of me, that would probably not be because it's going to cost you some money most likely. It's definitely going to cost you some time definitely. to get through all this. Um, so you want to make sure the why makes sense in your development in your lifestyle and, and your place in your journey. And the, the, when you answer the why question, it's going to lead to the next one, which is the what. You know, why am I doing this? Is it to make my musical statement? Okay, then what? What is that statement? What are we, what are we doing here? What kind of music do I want to make? Right. What kind of mark do I want to leave? Yep. What is this album going to be? Yep. And I mean, yeah, and the what can be about, uh, you know, are you doing arrangements of tunes? Is there a kind of a theme or whatever? Um, What are are you trying to, with the why, like what, what if it's about promotion and really getting you into other gigs or a certain tour or whatever? It's like, well, what am I going to record then? And that's going to really start to lead to some some interesting musical decisions, I think. Yeah, you know, this is is an interesting time to have this episode because I'm actually in the process of releasing my own trio record. And it's, it's the first trio record I've ever made with uh, my friends Montez Coleman and Bob DeBoo. And the why? 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 <laughs> well, the why started out, you know, we had this weekly gig and it was like, oh, well, why we record it? Well, we have these arrangements and it would be nice to have something to like sell the people on the gig and, yeah. and, and document what we've been working on. Yeah. But that quickly turned into like, why? Because we, we have a musical voice now. This is yeah. after a year of playing together. And that has changed the what to where I've, I've, you know, the music that we've been working on, I've started to add elements besides just the acoustic trio that we recorded. I've been really getting into, you know, working on the, the production side of things and sort of turning this into something a little bit different than I originally had in mind. So this why question that leads to this what is a very important part of, of shaping it. And it's turned it into a much more exciting project. No, that's great. And I, I love what you said about documenting i think that that's a good enough why answer at at times like when you're already doing something and you're like wow this has some value to be documented for the listeners or even if it's just for yourself i mean you're a listener too and that'll probably scale out but that's a great way to think about it i think yeah every arrangement every band has a shelf life and has has an arc yep and so it's good to document it's great periodically for sure so number three is going to be who since we're getting the all these w questions this will make it simple um and by this point now if you've kind of answered or getting some direction from the why and the what in terms of you know what it's going to be now you can be thinking about who should i have doing that is that solo is that a group i'm in do i need to assemble some other players but you want that to be done in service of the why and the what so if you know the why and the what that should guide you into the who and i would say that it's like you know not just the musicians but you're even going to be thinking maybe a little bit producer engineer if that even if that's you yeah that's right this can be a difficult question and this is one that i think takes a lot of maturity the who because our our first inclination is to go with the people who are directly around us and that could be the right call for sure because you do want to always make sure that the vibe is right and you want you know i like working with my friends i like working with people i like but the older i get and the more i do this the more i realize that Sometimes my friend isn't the right person for the job. You know what I mean? If, if it's something that I want to make a musical statement on, I might have to find the right player first. Um, and or player. <laughs> or player. Yeah. Or play us. Yeah. But it's, it is something to consider. You know, if you're making a straight-ahead record and your best friend is a bass player and he only plays fusion, yep. you might consider going with someone else even though that's you know not maybe not your first instinct but it could make a huge difference in your recording i mean after all 
everything we're doing is serving the music first. So make sure you're making the right choices on all these fronts. And I think other things that may come into uh, account when thinking about the who is if, if you're really doing this to promote a certain group um, or to document a certain group and you want to use it to, you know, for gigs or to be sold, you know, at gigs, which is great, is to, you know, make sure that you're doing that, that, that material, the what, but also make sure you have those musicians on there too. Right. So a lot of times people think, well, I'm going to get some big names as guest artists and spend a lot of money. And if what you're using is to promote your group and you can't, you know, maybe you can get Ryan Carter to do the recording, but yeah. you can't get him to, to do your little rinky dink tour. Yeah. You might not want to have him on there. Yeah, it's so true. It's or at least just think it through. There's a way that that can work, but, but you want to be thinking about those things. Now that leads us to our next important step. And that's where this is a very, very important step. Um, you want to pick the right environment to record in the right studio, or, you know, maybe you have your own setup at home. Maybe you have a mobile setup. Maybe you know an engineer who has a setup that can go anywhere. But choosing the right venue for your recording is crucial. Um, for pianists, choosing a, the right piano is crucial. Oh, you know, everything. I mean, I've seen Mr. Peter Martin here bring Steinways into nice studios. I will, I will haul a Steinway <laughs> yeah. in, in my Nissan. But that was the right choice. We, we have since done, I'm not going to name the studio, but we've done a record in that studio with their house piano. Totally different and not as good as the one that you had brought in. And that was a lesson learned for me of like, all right, you know what? Trust your instincts on the instrument. You know, make sure to have the right instrument for this recording. It's going to be around forever. You know, don't, don't record on a piano you're not happy with. Right, right. Yeah, that's great. And I think, too, uh, if you are, because there's so many great possibilities to record at home or yourself, that's fine. But really think about, you know, the advantage of, advantages of being in a studio are that you are going somewhere that's already set up to be isolated. It's a workspace specific, if it's a good studio, yeah. to recording. Now, you can, you can fabricate that at home or even in your own space somewhere, but don't like order all this great equipment and have it delivered the day before you're going to start recording and expect it to do it. <laughs> yes, you know? like even if you know the equipment, because there's all sorts of things like animals and, and kids and just different things at home that can get in the way. If you want to record it at home, so to speak, you want to have a couple of months, I think, experiment with the equipment, really checking sounds before you start getting serious about recording. And then, you know, for me, I mean, I've never totally done a thing at home, but I've done some stuff at kind of like a home studio. And I always end up going in the studio or somewhere else just because in terms of workflow in the way that I've done recordings it's great to be somewhere it's true. you know and and when you're home it's the same thing like when you're working at home there's a fine line between really getting something done and say I'm going here to work at home I'm relaxing or or maybe practicing and working on music but not actually documenting so true very very important um so now we're at number 5 so now we're going to we got those first four questions why what who where um, now, this is something that I want you guys to think about uh, because I've made the mistake, I don't know about you, Adam, of kind of, you know, giving this a sort of an afterthought later and then having to play catch up. And that's all the extra stuff that you think doesn't have anything to do with the music and it doesn't, but it's very important for the overall recording. And that's like if you can have some video, you know, some photos, anything that's extra, the artwork, um, liner notes we talked about, if, if that's possible. And some of these things, and I mean, some of them can be done afterwards, but you at least want to be thinking them. And if you can be planning them, and actually you're great about this, you kind of get a vision for like the artwork of the album from the beginning so that it becomes an organic part of the whole project. And for people buying and listening to your music, it really is a big part of it. Yeah, I actually like to engage, um, engage local artists whenever I make an album and I've done 
two different artists so far with like the 442s record yeah. doing a different artist for the my trio record that I'm making I think it's a very rewarding part of the process for me mm-hmm. because I'm not a visual artist and so like I can have a vision on something but if I have someone talented who I can trust is going to pull something off first of all it's less work for me but we've gotten such great reaction to the art and uh, you know it's just fun i mean you might spend a little more money on it you're gonna spend a little more money on it than if you just upload a photo to uh disc makers or whatever yeah but it's so cool to have like especially if you're if you are printing cds make it special you know what i mean like i love to make it special i love to to have it delightful and the reaction from the crowds when when they have it in their hand uh makes it worth it for me well i mean we did a christmas record several years ago together uh, award-winning, I might add, <laughs> and um, you had the idea of there of the CD being an actual ornament, which we all thought was crazy. <laughs> um, but it was such a cool thing, and people love that. And yeah. it's like a, such a—I mean, you you were really thinking of just not just the music, the CD, the art, but you were thinking of like how is somebody gonna like bring this into their life at this time? And it's all about giving a gift. Maybe you like it, and you you want to give the gift of music, and and what a better thing to have like a physical manifestation because for so many people now they actually miss having a physical object as part of the music um like an lp or where cd or whatever so it's cool when you can do a little twist on it yeah no and you know what's so cool about this is when you get into this you start making relationships with artists who aren't musicians who are visual artists or graphic designers and they can be really useful friends you know yeah. the guy my boy jim walker who is an amazing uh designer JW. Uh, who did that that ornament art and yep. just knocked it out of the park. I mean, he's like, sometimes he'll just call me and be like, do you want a poster or something? You know what right. I mean? Like it's, it's very cool to have these relationships with people that are, that you can, can work with and, and give and take. And, and just like you would with a, you know, musician friends, yep. it becomes a very, uh, uh, symbiotic relationship. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then, so one of the extras too, I think I mentioned too, was video. And this is like a whole nother, thing and you may not be able to get into this but even if you can just do have somebody even with just an iphone running some video it's or so something, good now it's so great and yeah. so many people like it's a great way to promo and bring in people to your music you know you can always stick some audio up on youtube with like a still picture but come on now this is 2018 step up your game yeah i think at this point in in music industry video is an essential component right of anything and yeah, yep. we talk about this all the time but like you almost have to have something yeah to promote your record yeah so so that's five. That's the extras. Now, the last two, um, I think that kind of covers all the areas, the, the general areas that you need to be thinking about in, in advance and as you're doing the recording. These last two, you can kind of get away with um, waiting till your recording process is done. Although, if you've kind of at least got them on your mind a little bit, it, it would help you. So the first is, and number six, is post-production. Yep. So this whole area is really about you know, mixing the recording, mastering it, doing everything where you're taking the raw tracks of what you recorded and getting it ready to be the final product and all the things that are involved. So mixing it, mastering it, choosing the, the, the tracks. Uh, what is that called when they put it? Oh, that's part of the mastering. When you put it in order, yeah. sequencing it, sequencing. Yeah, and this is, I think this is a, a as crucial of a leg of the project as the recording is itself. Absolutely. I mean, this can make or break your record. I like to, you know, if I'm working with a good engineer, I like to lean on them. They yeah. are usually mixing all the time, yep. more than we are. 
and I like to describe the sounds and, and make sure you have examples. I think this is very important from the beginning, from the tracking sessions. Yeah. If you're working with an engineer, give them examples of sounds you want to get. Yeah. They probably know how to get them, but they don't know what's in your head. So give them physical things they can listen to, to draw on. And in the mixing process, in the mastering process, do that as well. And I would say always have your project mastered by someone who has not been involved in the tracking. Right. Fresh ears. Yeah, because it's kind of like an, uh, a proofreading in a lot of ways. It is. And mastering is something that is, I think, mysterious to people, but it's really the final sheen that goes on your project before the public hears it. So don't skimp on that. No. You know, make sure you hire a professional mastering engineer. I use Capital Mastering in LA. They're easy to work with. They're a little more expensive than, than some people, but you just send them their tracks. They have an amazing studio of vintage gear. Yeah. They have Their roster is filled with people who have done everything from Michael Jackson down. You know what I mean? Like They can do it for relatively cheap, and you have this like amazingly professionally mastered product. That's great. Yeah. And I would say, to your point of giving, uh, give the engineer an example of what you're looking for, that's wonderful advice but make sure like if, if you're thinking about something for a piano sound give them a piano like don't yeah. don't bring yeah, a yeah. seashell in and say you see how the vibe of this is make my record sound like that like give them references that make sense to what your project actually is yeah i've had and i've been on projects where like a drummer has come in with a tiny little kit and then give an example of like john bonham <laughs> and the engineer is like well you need to have john bonham's drum kit if right. you want it to sound like that you know there is a little bit of that but as far as like the tone of the record you can you can give them good good advice yeah. Yeah. and it's the same thing like don't go to a great mastering engineer you know, with, uh, you know, a lot of times we use this garbage in, garbage out, yeah. like where people think I can record anything and they're going to fix it up at the end. No, no, no. You know, don't bring this crappy thing you, you recorded in your house on your spinet piano with GarageBand and say, make it sound like uh, kind of blue. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's actually, that's, this is good advice overall. There's no fixing things later. No, there is not. There's, there, people get in this mindset of the studio of like, Oh, that sounds like crap. Well, we'll fix it in post. No, you will not. You're right, right. And if you, I mean, even if you can, the things that can be fixed, you end up spending so much more time and money yeah. than just getting it right the first time. You're better off. I mean, we've been there before where it's like, should we edit that? No, let's just go do the take again. So I guess we're saying number one thing is to listen. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah did we mention that? Oh, why? Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> so number seven, the last area, and we don't need to actually go in too deep on this because it could be a whole other thing, but that's marketing. Yeah. And that's really just, you know, once you have your product finished like get it out to the world there's nothing wrong with that and a lot of times as artists as musicians we think you know i'm going to make this great recording and it's just going to magically be sold not really because no one's buying cds um but you know some things we mentioned earlier having something that makes sense uh, that you would actually do a gig and then you have documentation that's similar enough or interesting enough that somebody might want to buy that, that's a great idea. I mean, it's just like if you have a restaurant and you got hot dogs and fries, someone's going to be thirsty and want to buy a beer. So if your marketing is as easy as just having something available to them. So if you make like, you know, a po postmodernist big band album and you're on like a hard <laughs> funk gig and you're trying to sell that, that's not going to be good product market fit at all. So um, marketing, I think on just the highest level is find people that not only will just buy your CD, I'm you know your mom your grandmother your grandpa your yeah they're gonna buy it and whether they like it or not they're gonna love it but you know actually try to connect with an audience that will like what it is that you're selling and want to share it and it'll be like a must-have um part of their collection absolutely i mean there's a ton of stuff you can do in this day and age 
the bare minimums or try to have some kind of CD release concert. Yeah. You know, and invite people that actually would like it. Just don't invite people just to have bodies there. That's right. Because it's really, it's going to be the same thing. Garbage in, garbage out. If you're like, you know, if you've made something that's, that's, that's no good, it's going to be a lot harder to market it. It's true. You know, try to get it reviewed if you can. Yeah. From from any publications, really. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Send it to us. We'll review it. Yeah, we'll review it. (laughs) Uh, We'll hear it. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Oh, wait. Are we done? Almost. (laughs) Every time I say that, we start to fake Yeah, we're so conscious. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess... You'll hear it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the You'll Hear It podcast. You can go to you'llhearit.com to get more information, submit a question, or just say hello. Wait, you can do that? Absolutely. All right. And if you like what you heard, please leave a review and a rating below. Thanks. Thanks.